The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I always laugh at myself when I do that intro and my friends like do it to me all the time now, which also makes me laugh. But that's it. That's the intro. For a long time, I said I was going to come up with something different, but that's it. Anyway, welcome to the show. So when I do Instagram Q&As, I always get questions about breakups, heartbreak, how to deal with heartbreak, how to deal with breakups, how to know when to leave a relationship, all of the things. And I am not necessarily the most qualified person to talk about this, especially because I keep my own relationship pretty private. So I thought it would be perfect to have my guest Claire Byrne on. So Claire is a heartbreak coach based in Santa Barbara. She's been writing articles on heartbreak, dating and relationships for Poosh over the last four years since it launched in 2019. She became a heartbreak coach after struggling to find the right help for her as she navigated one failed relationship after the next throughout her 20s and 30s and specifically what she refers to as her rock bottom relationship. And she created a process to not only heal, but to find somebody better, which she did herself three and a half years ago. She's now in a really fulfilling relationship. And she has a lot of experience and a lot of great tips to share. So one of the reasons why I really love this episode, and I think you'll like it too, is that she is sharing her experience and her kind of expertise, but it's also just a really candid relationship between the two of us about relationships that we've been through, breakups that we've been through, how we've navigated that, some similarities that we've experienced. And I probably reveal more in this episode about my relationships past. And I can't remember if I talked about like current things, but it's just pretty revealing and and just a really honest conversation, which I think a lot of people can relate to. So we are talking about attracting unavailable men. We talk about self-sabotaging thoughts. We talk about how to not let heartbreak take over your life. This is huge. We talk about whether or not we need to forgive, whether or not we need closure. We talk about her five-step process for not wanting him back. We talk about how to date yourself, but like not in the cliche way that you hear about from a lot of other people. We talk about how to know when it's time to walk away from a relationship, anxious and avoidant attachment, how to know if somebody is right for you, how to avoid a scarcity mindset when it comes to not only dating, but also breaking up. A lot of people stay in relationships because they are scared that there is not one other person out there in the world for them. And so they stay in like unfulfilling relationships for a long time. We talk about that, how to make different choices in the future and so much more. So please enjoy Claire Byrne. I think this is relevant to anybody listening, whether they are single, in a relationship right now, navigating heartbreak, whatever it is, we've all experienced it at some point. 
So why don't you just introduce yourself to the audience to start? I'm Claire Byrne, and I decided to get on this path because I found myself, I'm 42 now, I found myself throughout my 20s and most of my 30s just getting into really toxic, dysfunctional relationships. And intellectually, I knew I was the common denominator. I was a soul searcher. I was a yoga teacher. I wanted to learn. I wanted to heal. I wanted to grow. I wanted to be the change, but I just still kept attracting unavailable men. And then I discovered coaching and really looking at how our thoughts create our results. And I heard your most recent episode with Maggie Elberger, and I Mm -hmm. really loved it because I think it can be DBT and CBT, right? And figuring out even moment to moment, what is appropriate for me to move through. But the thoughts creating results especially with just the way that I was thinking about myself that drove self-sabotaging behaviors about myself, not even in my love life, in, you know, my acting career or as a yoga teacher or as a friend or my thoughts about my body, my relationship with my finances, all of it was just unhealthy. And so when I started to clean all of that up and really see my worth, then really was able to put myself in a different position to see yeah, you know, he wasn't that great, but I wasn't that great either. (laughs) And I see, you know, you hear like attracts like, right? But you don't, but I'm not a narcissistic sociopath. I didn't cheat. So we can't say that we're alike. But the lack of love he demonstrated for me was a mirror reflection of the lack of love I had for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I could work with that and then started to create a process of how to show up differently in my dating life. And I lived in LA and I lived in New York, both tricky cities to navigate, but it wasn't about the cities. It was about how I was showing up and then ultimately met the love of my life and moved to Santa Barbara, California. So I want to get into this whole timeline and both relationships. But when you say that you were attracting unavailable men, was it something that you were doing? You said that it was more about cleaning up a lot of different areas of your life, but were you also choosing, I mean, you were choosing the wrong people, but when you look back, were you just like, oh, I just had to get right with myself before I could get right with somebody else? Or was it a combination of that? And then also like what you were looking for, maybe your approach to dating and relationships and all of that? It was all of it, Ariel. It was (laughs) all of it. I wasn't consciously aware of who I was getting into relationships with. I wasn't aware of what red flags were. And then I wasn't aware of what signs of unavailability are. And those are two very different things. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you could say unavailability is a red flag, but there are obvious blatant red flags when people are just treating you poorly. That I was, it was easy to clock. But just having conversations, you know, I was an actress throughout my 20s and into my early 30s. So I date a lot of artists who were just flying by the seat of their pants. Now, so was I. But in my head, I just assumed, oh, if we're in love, of course, we're going to be planning a future together, you know? Mm -hmm. And just so I wasn't, I was assuming a lot and not paying attention to unavailability, not listening to my gut. And then noticing that I would put so much energy into the Mr. Wrongs and not really look at all the areas in my life that I could be putting a lot more focus on. And so then I'd be despairing in those areas and then despairing about them. But I think my biggest pain point was the heartache that I would continually experience and would just take over and disrupt auditions and really disrupt my friendships. I still cringe when I think about like, I was that girl 
obsessively talking about it and wanting to unpack it and get everybody's uh-huh. different opinion on it. I feel like we all have that friend. Yeah. Or friends. And I've been yeah. that friend. <laughs> so if, the, if someone's listening and going, oh, God, that's me. It's OK. But, you know, I, I, I was seeing how the heartbreak really was bleeding into different areas of my life and affecting different areas of my mm-hmm. life in the biggest way. Whereas for some people, it could be their body stuff or mm-hmm. their financial stuff or their career stuff. For me, it was like the heartbreak was the thing that was the most cripplingly painful for mm-hmm. me. And mm-hmm. it would take me forever to get over someone, whether we were together for three months or a year, you know? Right. And so that was just the theme. And then finally, in my last heartbreak in 2017, and I plan on it being the last, <laughs> <laughs> I was already a coach. I was very fascinated by this coaching work, but it was just, you know, I was very shy about it. Like, I'm a general life coach for women. Just Mm -hmm. keep it vague. And then when my heart got broken that last time, I started to look for a heartbreak coach. And that was a that was in 2017, which is really just it was five and a half years ago. And I couldn't find anything. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) Maybe it's me. Maybe I need to be putting a voice to this because I knew I wasn't alone. And I think a lot of heartbroken women very much feel alone, even if they've got supportive girlfriends, if they're not experiencing it. That was another thing for for me, too, at my rock bottom at 29, 30 years old. That was my worst heartbreak. And really with someone who I would describe to be a narcissistic sociopath with the cheating, the lying, the gaslighting, everything you're thinking is wrong and you're crazy. But Mm -hmm. actually, it turned out everything I was thinking was right with a different relationship with a different woman. And and all of that stuff. And I felt like I really felt like I was crazy and that no one could ever understand. And then I started to learn about the narcissist and the empath and the dance between the two and just being like, people are not talking about this. And now I think that the industry is saturated with a lot of relationship coaches uh-huh. and the world needs us. At that time, like that's what really inspired me to get specifically into heartbreak coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you found you found the niche. Like, I feel like everyone that I have on this show, and I say it all the time, who have successful businesses, who have successful products, whatever it is, they can't find what they need in the market. And so they set out to do that. And I think when it comes to helping other people, there's no more qualified person than the person who's gone through it themselves again and again. I mean, that's the case with sobriety. You know, there's something about talking to another alcoholic who's gone through what I've gone through, who can reach me in a way that no therapist ever could if they haven't experienced that. And I so I think it's amazing. But I want to talk a little bit about your rock bottom relationship. I, too, had a rock bottom relationship, but mine was in my teens. Mm. However, it shaped my entire life because I feel like it was just a formative time. And I've heard you talk about closure. And I think that this is something that's so important Mm. for people to hear, because I know in my experience during that relationship and it kind of stretched on into my 20s and I wanted closure so badly. And it's funny because now 20 years later, we're friends and we're cool. But I look back and I'm like, actually, there's nothing he could have said or given to me at that time that would have been sufficient because I had to heal within myself. So can you talk about your experience with that a little bit too? Yeah, I'm definitely not friends. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like different circumstances, different issues, maybe. (laughs) 
<laughs> but you know, everyone, you know, there's so much talk about healing and forgiveness. And I'm yeah, like, we yeah. don't have to forgive. I yeah, love not that everybody it happened. Has to. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I love that it happened though, which is mm. part of the closure, right? Mm-hmm. If if that relationship didn't happen, I would not have the magical relationship that I have today. I can, you know, talk to Len Bloom in the face about all the horrific things he did that I always say a lifetime movie couldn't even make up. I mean, it was just so manipulative and just also like brilliant. Like he was a mastermind Mm -hmm. at what he was doing to myself and other women. And I definitely did not get the closure from him. And I did all the things of, I do what I do because I did everything that I coached my clients on now, right? Like I wrote him a letter being like, I know what you did. (laughs) The least you could do is say sorry. Right. And what would that have done for you at the time? Nothing because, (laughs) because here's the deal. We think if they say, I'm so sorry, you're right, that will feel better. But it actually doesn't. I, I don't, and maybe someone listening could say, it actually made me feel better. Yeah, is mm-hmm. it a little validating? It doesn't change what he did. And you're still left alone and you're still mourning the future that no longer exists between the two of you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice to hear someone say, you're right, I'm sorry. And look, I mean, he he's not living under a rock. I'm sure he's aware of the business that I have now. And, you know, <laughs> there's just mutual friends and with right. social media. But you know, if I ever got an apology, it, sure, couldn't hurt. You know, not, I'm certainly, you know, 12 years later, not sitting around waiting for one or looking for one. But it really required me to look at myself, pull up. I always say this is my, my my coaching approach is really a tough love approach. Yes, you get to grieve. You get to mourn. What happened was so unfair if you were dating someone who really treated you poorly. And again, it's not black and white. But there comes a time where you've got to pull up your big girl pants and say, okay, but what am I doing with this now? And how did I attract this person? I always say to my clients, what worked, what didn't work, what would I do differently next time? Can you look at it from a non-judgmental, curious space and say, yeah, I wouldn't do it again, but that happened. How can I have compassion and understanding for the choices that I made at the time that I will commit to never do again, but also if I do it again? I'll pick myself back up again, right? And really look at what am I doing now with my relationship with myself? And also, and again, I'm speaking specifically to the rock bottom relationship. In my opinion, he was so horrific with how he treated me and other women. An apology from him is not what I need for closure. Mm -hmm. I need to apologize to myself and have compassion with myself And I say this to my clients all the time because, you know, it's like, how does he get off scot-free? And I'm here picking up the pieces, which I also felt at that time. And it's like, you know what? Assholes exist in the world. They do. Mm -hmm. And I, I did it. I have a podcast myself and I did an episode called When Mean Guys Win. They thrive in Hollywood. They thrive in their careers. They find beautiful women. And again, I, I recognize I'm speaking in heteronormative terms here. You know, women do it to men and non-binary. It happens to us all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they exist. And the more time and energy we spend seething and ruminating and shoulda, woulda, coulda-ing and wishing ill will on them, very human, right? Don't, you, you don't get to bypass that part. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, do you want to be spending your precious life energy ruminating and seeking revenge and fantasizing about him, you know, suffering or, you know, you hear that phrase, the best revenge is living your best life. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't, 
care about what he's doing now. I care about what I'm doing now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's having resentment and there's that saying about having resentment and it's you're drinking the poison waiting for the other person to die. And when I think back to my rock bottom relationship, it really was what made me turn to drugs and alcohol because I didn't have the coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. I was a teenager. I was so young to deal with the big emotions and the heartbreak and all of that. But then it fueled that alcoholism and addiction further because I was so resentful. How could he do this? How didn't he got off scot-free and he doesn't care and blah, 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 and like all these things. And, you know, I look at it like I was poisoning myself holding on to that. But I think at some point you have to unburden yourself of Make that peace resentment. with the situation. I know it's yeah. such a cliche thing to say, yeah. but you know, he had his hard knocks in life. I, right. I I think it's about really understanding the whole picture and understanding that different types of personalities exist and teachers coming in and out of our lives. And yeah, if you're, you're harboring resentment, I mean, I dated a lot of people since him before I found the love of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I really am like, thank you and thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, because they all led me because also, if you're willing to rise to the occasion for the lesson after mm-hmm. each of them, it's very easy to fall into victim mode and say, he did this and he did that. And how dare he? And now I've got my dukes up and I don't want to put myself out there and all the good ones are gone. Right. No. Are you willing to lean in? Yeah. Finger point and get that out of your system, but then turn the finger back on you. OK, what am I doing that I keep attracting these situations mm-hmm. and what can I do to better take care of myself, own myself, love myself. And how can I go in a little more eyes wide open into the next one without any guarantees? Spring is upon us and this time of year means spring cleaning. So if you are anything like me, it's also your annual reminder that you might need some more storage space. Article has everything you need to organize your bedroom, your living room and dining room with dressers, nightstands, sideboards, and more. Plus, they have all the other furniture you could possibly want to get your space looking its best. I have the Gabriola Ivory Boucle chairs, and I've never gotten so many compliments on a piece of furniture from people both on Instagram and people who see them in real life. I absolutely love them. They also have a couch as well. And my experience with Article was so seamless. Everything was delivered so quickly. They were so nice. They moved the existing furniture, put everything together. It was so easy. I'm also eyeing this rattan bench right now for the beach house. And I love that everything that they have is super curated. It's kind of this mid-century modern. They also have coastal, industrial, boho designs. They make furniture shopping really simple. An article is all about finding the right balance between style, quality, and price. So they are dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and is also affordable. So they offer fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around so you can pick the delivery time and they will send you updates every step of the way. Article's knowledgeable customer care team is there when you need them to make sure your experience is smooth and stress-free. And I can attest to the whole process. It was flawless. So right now, Article is offering my listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
To claim, just visit article.com slash blonde, and the discount code will be automatically applied at checkout. That's A-R-T-I-C-L-E dot com slash blonde for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One question I get asked all of the time is, do I have a skincare product recommendation for somebody who's either on a budget or somebody who wants a minimalist routine, something that really does it all. And I have to say the Ionia Age Defying Serum by De La Vie Sciences definitely falls under that category. I did a podcast episode last Monday with Kyle Landry, who is the president and the co-founder of De La Vie Sciences is Harvard biologist and longevity expert, David Sinclair. So if there's anybody who knows about anti-aging, it's definitely David Sinclair, definitely Kyle Landry. They are brilliant. And they use this ingredient called bacillus lysate. So this is the first biological cosmetic to be certified by the Space Foundation. And this is the core ingredient of their flagship product, Ionia Age Defying Serum. So it's been proven to boost hydration, reduce free radicals, and even stimulate the gene that regulates aging. So the benefits of this translate into the ability to reduce fine lines and wrinkles, protect the skin's moisture barrier, improve elasticity and firmness, and most importantly, fight the visible impacts of aging. Again, you can go back and listen to that podcast if you want to hear the science behind it. But this product really does everything. This is also great for men. I know that my husband doesn't like to do any kind of skincare routine, but he has been using this serum and he absolutely loves it. I love it as well. So I think that this is a great option if you only want to get one product that is really a multitasker or if you want to just scale back your skincare routine. You could definitely do a cleanser, this serum, and then an SPF. So you can visit DeLaVieSciences.com and receive 25% off your first order of Ionia Age Defying Serum. You can use the promo code BLONDE at checkout to receive your discount. Again, that's DeLaVieSciences.com, D-E-L-A-V-I-E, Sciences.com and use the code BLONDE for 25% off your first order. You all probably know that I am hyper vigilant about staying off my phone at night and in the morning. I really try to protect my circadian rhythm and get the absolute best sleep that I can. But lately, Chuck is shooting a new show and he's been doing really early morning shoots. And the first morning that he had to get up, he set his phone alarm and it was the most jarring thing to wake up at 445 to this loud phone alarm. I felt like my cortisol spiked, my heart was pounding, and then it just threw my entire day off. So we started using my Restore 2 from Hatch and it is a total game changer. I might even say that it's my favorite wellness kind of hack at the moment. So it's a gradual sunrise alarm that wakes you up gently. So basically you choose what color or like what setting you want to wake up to. So I have a Malibu sunrise. So it is this gradual kind of yellow and then amber light, but it's not really bright. It just 
it's crazy. You wouldn't think that it would wake you up because there's no sound, but the gradual lightening of this light wakes you up really naturally. And then a few minutes after the light starts, I have really gentle birds chirping. So it's the nicest thing to wake up to. There isn't that cortisol spike, jolting awake, jumping out of bed. It is the best thing ever. They also have really nice sounds. So I like to have some white noise at night. I like to do the gentle waves or they also have like a bubbling brook, which I love. You can do rain. So many different options. It's so amazing. They also have sleep stories. They've guided meditations, so much more. And it really helps to break your late night scrolling habit too, because you can put your phone away, not worry about it. You can put it in a different room. So if you're having trouble with your screen time, with waking up, definitely try the Restore To from Hatch. You can head to hatch.co and get free expedited shipping on your new Restore To so you can start feeling well-rested ASAP. Again, that's hatch.co, H-A-T-C-H.co, and you'll get free expedited shipping on your new Restore To. So how do you typically coach people through heartache? I mean, you mentioned what you did in your own life, which included getting your own stuff together, getting your finance together, becoming a more realized version of Mm -hmm. yourself, I guess. But you have a whole process that you use with clients. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So five-step process to stop wanting and back. The first step is to cut contact. And it's really hard to do that in 2023, right? You can stalk everyone, stalk their mutual friends, stalk their family members, And I just say rip the Band-Aid. That's what I love Mm -hmm. about the DBT, right? Like behavior before wanting to do that, right? So rip the Band-Aid. And then step two is to let your heart break. Really grieve the process. And so most new clients who come to me say, I already am. I already am. My heart's already broken. But there's a big difference between giving yourself permission to grieve and then resisting the grief, covering over it, numbing it out, pretending you're fine, and not really wanting to lean in. Step three, create closure, which we just talked about. You don't Mm -hmm. need it from the other person. Create it for yourself. Step four is my fall in love with you work, which can come up in different ways. As I mentioned, all those different ways, finance, body. And, you know, sometimes I have clients that come to me, Ariel, who are like, I have the house already. I actually have the kids already. You know, they're divorced or they're getting divorced. I've got a great job and I'm healthy. So I'm good on the fall in love with you. There's always something I mean, I still say in my most ideal relationship and having a dream job and feeling really comfortable in who I am inside and out at 42, there's always something (laughs) that creeps up in your self-love journey. I always say that's an ongoing one, but Mm -hmm. I really do encourage my clients before you heal your heart, let's just date you, even if it's for 30 days, just do you and enjoy you where you're not heartbroken and you're not on the hunt for someone else. Mm -hmm. And then the last step would be to find someone better, which... There's a whole process for that. And again, it's nuanced. I, you know, give this simple process, but it's not, you know, completely linear. And yeah, it works. Mm -hmm. You know, when you find someone better, you are definitely not thinking of the last person that you've been with. But of course, you know, there's steps in between to get there. Yeah. That first step is so huge. I mean, thank God my husband doesn't have social media or anything like generational thing, but I didn't have to see or 
yeah, I didn't see anything. Like I didn't even really have to think about that. But I think it's so hard for people because when you're grieving, you want to check in and see what they're doing. And I feel like, honestly, though, that's the best thing that you could possibly do. It reminds me of a Sex in the City episode where she's like, if we break up, like you need to not exist. Yeah, that's how yeah. I feel. Because they like, say I block somebody. do feel like a death. Yeah. Right. Because it's the death like of it's a relationship because you they have to think about exist. them still out there with time. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> it really is. But I also love because, you know, when it comes to a drinking journey or a, a health goal journey, you have tangible steps. The mm-hmm. thing with heartbreak is that it really is an intangible process for the most part. Right. So what I love about the cut contact, this is something you can actually tactically do. Mm-hmm. You know, you count the days of sobriety. You count the number of days abstinence. maybe you're hitting the, ju- hitting the gym. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas counting the days of no contact but then also on top of that, managing your mind around the no contact. And mm-hmm. look, at the end of the day, when your brain is looking at the person and reminiscing and attach- attaching to the good times, you are literally prolonging your heartbreak. And, you know, social media doesn't tell you everything. If that person is not po- posting pictures with someone new, that doesn't mean that they're not seeing someone. Right. And if they are posting pictures with someone new, you're just going to feel worse. The bottom mm-hmm. line is the two of you are not together. Don't wait to hear, again, heteronormative pronouns here, <laughs> that he's off with another woman for you to know that there's the nail in the coffin. Go do that work now. You're not together now. I know that that's harsh to hear, but it's necessary in order for you to get to a better, healed, whole, happier place. Mm -hmm. How do you know when it's time to walk away from that relationship versus maybe try to work on things? This is something that a lot of people DM me about. I think that they feel like I might have some insight, (laughs) you know, because of my situation. But for me, it was really, I think for everybody, it's really individualized. And Absolutely. But I have a lot of women who message me who are like, you know, we broke up, but I want to get back together with him. What can I do? How can how can I get him back? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know if it's if that's right for you or if it's time for you to walk away, you know. So how do you differentiate between that? Such a great question. And I actually just coached someone on this. The bottom line is first you have to get so clear. Are you both aligned with what you want in life? Mm -hmm. Do you have the relationship that you want? And it might sound like a silly question because if you're thinking about, you know, if you're not working out or you're having trouble, but when I think about my boyfriend and I, we have the same values. We want the same things in life. We are just crazy about each other. We support each other. He has four kids. So there's that, you know, I want to get into that too later. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's so much and he has a very demanding job. I have a very demanding job. We both love our lives, but we work together at it. Are there hard times? Absolutely. Are there challenges? Absolutely. But we are both putting in the effort and it's just like not even an option for us to break up. But I think the reason why it's not an option is because we really are on the same page about the most important things 95% of the time. Mm -hmm. So are you aligned with the same values and want the same things at the same time? Oftentimes when people come to me with that question, it's like, I'm ready to move forward in the relationship. He's not really there yet. He's stressed about his job. He's got some other things going on. Oh, he's, you know, 
hasn't done the work on himself yet. And he's still kind of nursing old wounds from his last relationship. Like that's just not that into you. (laughs) Exactly. Are you both putting in the effort? And I love what you just said with Mm -hmm. your relationship. You know, I realized we didn't try everything, Mm -hmm. but both of you have to be all in. You know, it's time to leave when you're waiting in the wings for that person to come around and you've been putting in all the effort and yes. trying and you've said it all and you're willing to like meet that person halfway. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, I still need time. And it's like, at some point you just have to say, this is not working. I'm mm-hmm. here. I'm ready. This is the relationship that I want. We've been together long enough. I want us to move through the hard together. And, you know, if you need, you know, a night to yourself, that's fine. Right. Because then it's also like, sometimes I need space. Okay. What does that look like for you? Where, you know, to your point, to each their own. But I think when people are asking that question, how do you know when to throw in the towel? They already know it's time to throw in the Mm -hmm. towel. Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel like if you have that doubt, then that's kind of your answer. You know, I feel like people who are in maybe the strongest, healthiest relationships don't have that doubt. Like you're saying, it's not even an option. It's not even a thought that I would entertain because we are in this together. But as soon as you start having those thoughts of like, "Mm, well, maybe, and I wonder, like that, those don't go away. Yeah. And I want to add to that because I had a lot of trauma in past romantic relationships. I definitely, in my times of stress, go to fight or flight. So I'm Mm -hmm. either going to fight him or I'm going to want to run. You know, so I still have my trauma responses at times and have that urge to run in times of stress. So, But that when I come back to my grounded self, you know, no, then it's not an option. But it's important for me to put that out there because, you know, you're still allowed to fight with your partner, question things. And I think that that's normal and human to question that. But that's different than being with someone who's just not giving you. Those are two different things, Right. right? And we have these like you said, trauma responses and dynamics that are kind of ingrained in us. And yeah. I have mine from my whatever attachment issues when I was little yeah. and then the attachment issues from that traumatic relationship. Of and course. I definitely have that knee-jerk reaction sometimes yes. to go there. And I have to remind myself, like, no, we're 25 years later, exactly. like 20 years later. Like, this yeah. is not the same exact situation. But it's important for us to admit that people who, you know, follow you and listen yeah. to you and think you have done, you you have, you've done so much work on yourself. I've done mm-hmm. so much work. And those responses are fewer and far between. Yes. But I also did enough work to attract someone with a secure attachment style, even though I identify mm-hmm. with an t- anxious attachment style because I've done enough of the work and I can a lot of times catch it in the moment and take a breath and know how to work through it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I can talk about how I was treated poorly in other relationships, but I also had that knee jerk reaction that didn't right. bode well either. Yeah. Right. It does take two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the attachment piece a little yeah. bit because... I know that people have different opinions on this, but I definitely identify also as anxious attachment. And I know what that's from and I'm aware of it. And I think that that's, you know, the best that I can do. And I'm in therapy and I have to remind myself when I'm having those feelings that like, no, I'm okay. This is not like the anxious attachment for me is like storytelling kind Mm -hmm. of. So how does that show up for you? How did that show up for you? And what are some ways that people can navigate that because it is really hard. Yeah. I mean, and I 
absolutely attract all my clients, majority of them have anxious attachment style. So when they start to, you know, date (laughs) new people who are really showing up, they're freaking out. And the reality is in the beginning, when you're starting to really like someone and you've done a lot of work on yourself, but you've also experienced a lot of trauma and you can feel like this person is different, you still don't know yet. And you have to be uncomfortable with the unknown. And, you know, going back to the DBT stuff, you know, I just didn't act out of the anxiety towards him. I feel like it's great to have those avenues and that support where that you can talk about the attachment issues and the stuff that's coming up. And then I think also having your own life. And I would imagine that being here Amen. and having that probably kept you grounded even when you were having these things come up. And I remember like when I started dating my husband as well, I was, this was seven, eight years ago, seven years ago, I guess. I was, I had a different job. I was traveling all the time. And I had to like pick up and leave every week and travel. So we would have like a day to get or a day or night together. And then I would leave for three, four days. And it was that like physical separation. But I also had my own thing and my own purpose, my own career happening. And it just helps that so much. And I would imagine that that's part of the falling in love with yourself or dating yourself, like not in the same exact way, but where you're okay with yourself and having your own life. Yes. Everything else, the turbulence of relationships and the emotional stuff like that isn't going to rock you as much when you have that, right? Absolutely. But I also had that in my dysfunctional relationships, Mm -hmm. but it was just all unconscious, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was still making that person because I think a lot of people could say, oh, no, I could hear this conversation say, but I have my own life and I have my own friends. Mm -hmm. But a lot of clients really struggle with still being the single person, right? I'm still single and they make that the problem, right? And then when they have the person, oh, now I am worthy and I have someone to talk about and someone to bring to a wedding Mm -hmm. and someone to talk about at, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. So yes, to have a life, but like truly to have a life that actually fulfills you and isn't just a life to bide time until Mr. or Miss Wright comes along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, it becomes so much of our identity. Absolutely. I see with other friends of mine who are my same age and not in relationships and trying to date. And it's like the attachment to the outcome is so strong and just having that person and getting engaged, getting married, having the kids. I mean, it becomes this race. And and the irony is it repels the outcome. Or at least you attract someone, but it's not the right person because it came from anxious energy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exhibit A. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over again. Yeah. We all want to be eating healthy, nutritious, balanced meals. And the ideal is to do all the cooking ourselves, but so often life gets in the way. We are busy. We don't have time to grocery shop. Maybe we don't really know how to cook, but there are some amazing ways that we can still incorporate these kinds of meals without having to do all of the heavy lifting. So Green Chef is a great option because Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans that fit into every lifestyle. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. So you can choose from over 30 recipes weekly. You have the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without having to change your plan. Right now, I have been loving this Greek chicken salad with mint olive tapenade. It's so 
good. You guys have probably seen my Greek turkey meatballs on Instagram. So I've definitely been loving these Greek flavors lately. And you can also try their enchiladas, spiced turkey bowls, their almond crusted barramundi. These are protein packed. So they have this new collection of recipes that are fit for a high protein dietary preference. So you can choose from these options and they each have 40 grams of protein per serving on average, which is amazing. So it's a great time to shake off the winter with delicious, easy to follow, spring inspired recipes that support your healthy lifestyle and taste good too. And all of the recipes feature premium proteins, seasonal organic produce, and sustainably sourced seafood. So you can expand your palate with unique farm fresh ingredients like figs, dates, and artichokes. So right now, go to greenchef.com slash blonde60 and use the code blonde60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash blonde60 for 60% off plus free shipping. This is an amazing deal for the number one meal kit for eating well. So I definitely encourage you guys to go check it out. Again, greenchef.com slash blonde60. Something that I learned years ago when I was working with my nutritionist and I was having a lot of bloating and water retention was that maybe the fluid retention and the bloating was a result of my electrolytes being off. So I tend to cook a lot of my own food. I don't eat very much salt. I also live a really active lifestyle. And I learned that if you're not replenishing with electrolytes, it can throw everything else off in your body. So Electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. And the way that I like to get my electrolytes is through Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. It contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. I love the orange salt. I drink it every day. I'm also getting into the citrus flavor. I love that one. I love the watermelon. They have a mango chili that's really good. They have chocolate salt. I know some people that put it in their coffee and love it that way. So there's so many different flavors and so many ways to use it. And it can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency. Right now, Element is offering you guys, my listeners, a free sample pack with any order. So that's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. So this is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. You can get yours at drinkelement.com slash blondefiles. And this deal is only available through my link. So you must go to Drink element, D R I N K L M N T dot com slash blonde files. Also, Element offers a no questions asked refund. So you can try it totally risk free. And if you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. So you have nothing to lose. Again, that's drinkelement.com slash blonde files. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So what was different with your partner now? His name is Larry, right? What was different with him and how was that experience? You keep referencing the kids. I would imagine that that's a lot to take on in a relationship, like especially I think around our age, I'm late 30s or early 40s. People are divorced and they are getting back into new relationships and they have kids and they have baggage. So what was that like for you? Well, we had a really open conversation about what led him to being single with four kids under the age of 11 at that time. I was going to ask how old they are. Yeah. Now Mm -hmm. they're almost 15, 10, almost 15, 11, almost 10 and seven. Mm hmm. I just thought, you know what? Okay, interesting curveball, but I'm just going to continue to get to know him. And just everything just seemed off the charts. He's in terms of just connection and the our laughs and the deep conversations. I also really appreciated that he was really interested in what I did for a living. I, surprisingly enough, I know LA is saturated with life coaches, but <laughs> still you get just these weird reactions. And he's like, mm-hmm. tell me about it. He was just genuinely really interested. There was no shifty, awkward moments. And there was just this innate trust and comfortability and ease. What also stood out to me was that I could feel that he really liked me, but there wasn't this aggressive, oh, you're so amazing. And I haven't felt this way. There wasn't this over the top expression. It was really a feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could say, oh, he opens the car doors for me and all (laughs) those like surface level stuff. But it just, I felt like I had his whole attention and even just, and I'm not going to get too TMI here, but just the physical touch just felt very much at home. Now, Mm -hmm. some people listening could say, well, that's how I felt. It Mm -hmm. turns out he was unavailable. (laughs) It's the whole picture, right? It's all the variables. Don't just, because that was also something that I missed a lot in earlier relationships is, oh, the chemistry is amazing. So then that must mean that there's something. Mm -hmm. There has to be so much more than chemistry. Mm -hmm. What is that person looking for? And, you know, does that person have deep respect for you? Are they interested in who you are and all of you? Do you share the same values? Do you want the same things Mm -hmm. at the same time? That's that was my next question for you. Yeah, because I know that people are listening to this going, well, I have that with this guy and it's amazing on all the levels, except except the timing. Do you believe in right person, wrong time? No, me neither. (laughs) 
<laughs> for a second, Thank I was you. like trying to think of how you phrased it. Was a mm-hmm. wrong person, mm-hmm. right? No, that didn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> right person, wrong time. No, because Larry was only two years out of his relationship and I had, I was very, very ready, but I don't know. Sometimes I wondered what, just in terms of his kids, you know, like mm-hmm. he was very careful. We waited a long time for me to meet them. We waited like eight months, but that was also, there was the pandemic and I hadn't moved yet. And it was just, it, part of it was a logistics thing, but I didn't have any problem with that because we were just so certain. And he's like, also when you meet them, it's not about let's see how this works. He's mm-hmm. like, we're the adults. So mm-hmm. we get to decide. And I know my kids are going to love you, but obviously there's going to be resistance and there's going to be challenges. And I've never been married. I want to be married, but there's four kids involved here. People stay yeah. in relationships because they feel like they have to. Yeah. I will say this. It was the hardest experience of his life. Mm-hmm. And He's never been happier and really, and I'm not just saying this because of me and tooting my own horn. Mm -hmm. It was so hard and traumatic, but he's so glad it happened. And he thinks he's a better dad now than what he was before. And he still thought he was a really good dad, but Mm -hmm. the time that he has with them and him being a much happier person only will positively impact them. I was thinking about this because I was talking to actually one of my Pilates instructors yeah. and we were talking about this is a while ago, actually, but we were talking about my separation and she said, well, you know, I haven't been through it myself, but I have friends and they have kids and they stayed too long because they thought it was better for the kids. But then ultimately they got divorced and they look back and they're like, no, the best thing for the kids was to see us happy you know, and like Amen. in our relationship, especially when they're young, I feel like they don't really understand anyway. But to see a, a dysfunctional relationship versus seeing a happy relationship, even if it's not with your mom and dad, like I feel like that is really impactful. I do think that they see how great our relationship is mm-hmm. for sure. And that makes me really happy. And again, just it goes back to how to know when to leave. And of course, maybe you're going to fight a little bit harder because you have kids. And again, I think you should, in my Mm -hmm. strong opinion about that. But if you've tried everything and it's still the same shit and you're just exhausted and not feeling seen and heard and loved in the way that you want to be loved. And if you're in your 30s and your 40s, like, God pray, if you're taking really good care of yourself, that's another 50 years. Mm -hmm. And is it just to make your kids happy. I, it, to your point, I just, I don't see it that way. But as a kid, I looked at my friends whose parents were divorced and thought like that would be the worst thing to ever happen. So mm-hmm. I have so much empathy for kids who are, you know, traumatized by that. But yeah. I do think it's like heartbreak, right? It's horrible at the time, but if you do the work and if your parents are putting you in therapy, hopefully they are to process it all, you'll come out stronger on the other side. And that will help you choose healthier partners in the future. Mm -hmm. That is a really profound thing that you just said, though. Like if you're in your 30s, if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever relationship you're in, if this is your, you know, forever relationship, is this the relationship that you want to be in for For the the rest of your life? 50 years. I mean, I feel like that question alone, if people are having doubt or anything, like really sit there and think about that. Because I think that whatever your initial reaction is to that, it's probably very telling. Well, so two things come up for me as you uh-huh. reflect back what I just said. I see so often and I very much attract clients in their mid 
to late 30s, early 40s who really want to find their person. And mm-hmm. they think I'm running out of time. Mm-hmm. All the good ones are gone. Yes. And I'm like, I found him at 38 and I really let go. At 38, I was like, I love me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having a great time. My business really took off. Like the year before, I was just thriving, feeling so good about myself on the inside and out. And I was just going to enjoy dating and not need to find him now. Right. And just was like, I'm going to have freaking fun. And I'm 38 and I'm living in Los Angeles. There are so many single people who are also older than me. It's only a stigma attached to your age if you make it one. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. I was talking to another friend about this recently and we were like, this is actually the best time to be single if you are single because Love you it. probably have your shit together. You have money. You can do, you know, cool things and you can just enjoy life. And when you meet that other person, you can enjoy life in a different way than you can if you're like in your mid-20s, I think. Amen. Oh, (laughs) one more thing I just Uh wanted to say on that with regards to you have your whole life ahead of you. If you're asking, is this person my person, whether you're in your 20s, 30s or 40s, you know, oftentimes what comes up is scarcity. You think, well, if it's not this person, then who could it possibly be, right? Going back to all the good ones are gone. And it's like, you're looking for one person and there may just be someone who actually wants the same things you want, who actually has the same values as you and who actually will think that you shit gold. Mm -hmm. And you'll think that about (laughs) them. Like, it's so worth it to do that work on yourself and go out and find that person instead of settling for the crumbs and trying to, you know, fit a square peg into a round hole. Yeah. What piece of advice, if you just had one, would you have for people who are experiencing either heartbreak or trying to find that person and they're just running into dud after dud? Okay, so which one? Heartache or? Let's do both. One piece of advice for the heartbroken, do the work. Lean in. Don't just, you know, get into why would he, she, they do these things? How could they? Like you have to move through the motions of of all of that in your head and then look at, how did I attract that person? Not to shame or blame, but to just say, where was my part in this? Because that will empower you to learn how to show up differently in your new relationship. One piece of advice for people moving into looking for their person, that person is out there. Just what I said before, one person you're looking for. Get over your drama and your resistance about the dating apps. Yes, there are a bunch of terrible people on there. You're looking for one. Don't let the terrible people on the apps or the terrible dates that you've been on dictate or make you believe that that means one person. I say it as a, a thir- I'm now 42, but at 38, I found Larry. I went on so many dates with so many people in New York and LA throughout my 20s and my 30s. It's not about... Yeah, the majority of them are terrible. You're looking for one. So keep your eye on the prize of that one. I love that. I feel like it makes it so much more manageable. And I was thinking about that actually coming over here, thinking about this conversation and just the dating apps. And again, I have friends who are going through it and it seems really frustrating and I get that. Yeah. But all it takes is one. And And you see it happen to all these people around you too. And I think that that should be encouraging that like they went through it too. And then they found that one. And if your desire is deep enough to find your person, are you willing to go on a bunch of dates and not go, ugh, what a waste of time. Ugh, what a waste of my energy. I should have just stayed at home. I should have just hung out with my girlfriends, right? Then you're getting into the victim mode. But think about all of the accomplishments 
that I'm guessing you've all created and put your heart and energy into where you've gotten a bunch of no's before your yes, maybe Mm -hmm. college or a job application, right? You keep going after the thing that you want. And I really believe in energy. And when you shift your energy, and again, I mean, that could be a whole other conversation, Mm -hmm. right? But just it's about you shifting to attract different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I really feel like the energy that you are putting out is what you are going to get back in everything. And I love that comparison to work and other areas of our lives because so many of us are so ambitious, driven, solution-oriented, persistent in so many other areas of our life. And then when it comes to relationships, we freeze. And think it's a powerless situation and it happens for some. And I I don't believe that. I I wouldn't do this work if I didn't know that when you are different and when you heal your past and create that closure and have a deeper understanding of your lesson and your part, Mm -hmm. and then really start to actively change and then put yourself out there and be willing again to pull up your big girl pants and say, like, I'm not stopping until I'm finding him. So I might as well have some fun Mm -hmm. along the way. Yeah. That person will arrive. Yeah. Well, where can everybody find you? How can they work with you? You can go to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com or you could follow me at ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach on Instagram. And I have a podcast as well called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. And yeah, that's everything. Amazing. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Ariel. (laughs) This was so fun. So good. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.